When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome to the Dale Lally Show here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I am Dale Lally, your host, and uh, we'll be talking some uh, Steeler football here today. Um, Mike Tomlin uh, using game two of his three-game preseason uh, this year as kind of the dress rehearsal. Uh, Everybody I've spoken to uh, in regards to the first team guys uh, saying that they expect to play in this game. That includes Najee Harris. Uh, I don't think that we'll see Cam Hayward in the game Saturday night against the Jaguars because, well, he uh, had a scary moment in in the final practice here at St. Vincent College where he went down for a, a bit with an ankle injury, uh, went, got that checked out, came back down to the field. So it uh, looks like uh, they avoided a catastrophe with uh, with Cam Hayward. And so, uh, but I don't think you'll see Cam Hayward. I would doubt that you'll see guys like TJ Watt, maybe make a Fitzpatrick uh, on the in defense in this game as well. Uh, maybe make a, um, because he can kind of stay away from things and, uh, you know, keep himself out of traffic a little bit better than, than say, a T.J. Watt can or a Cam Hayward can up front. We'll see about some of the other guys there. But offensively, we're going to see the Steelers roll out there with their first-team offense. And and um, we haven't gotten to see a whole lot of that in this training camp. They finally were able to get uh, their, their top five eligibles on the field together at the same time this week, earlier this week. And, and so we got to see uh, Deontay Johnson – and uh, George Pickens on the outside with uh, Chase Claypool in the slot, uh, Pat Fryermuth out there, and Najee Harris. And, and so um, that's a pretty good group. And as I wrote about uh, in, uh, in, on the uh, site, um, you know, I think this, this group could be really good. Uh, much of that depends on the quarterback play. We'll continue to see how that uh, continues to develop here. But I thought that the, the final day of uh, training camp – practices at St. Vincent College. Anyways, that par- portion of training camp, uh, Mitch Trubisky had a really strong day on on uh, Wednesday with whatever day this is, Thursday. I've lost track of all the days here as we get through this whole thing. But I thought he had a strong practice, made some good throws, made good decisions. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, the Steelers leave this training camp feeling much better about their offense than they did uh, when they started training camp. At least he the skill position part of it, you know, we'll see about the offensive line. You want to see that that group make a jump 
in this preseason game, take a step forward at least. Maybe not a jump or a leap or anything like that, but at least make some improvements, show some improvements. Don't have guys running free at the quarterback and things of that nature. And those were largely communication issues and, and identification issues. So we'll see if the Steelers have cleaned any of that up um, in terms of uh, that, that, that second preseason game. Um, Tomlin confirming as well today that Mitch Trubisky will start and that uh, he'll be relieved by Kenny Pickett in this game. Don't read too much, much into that yet. Um, I know some people are saying, well, that means Kenny Pickett's going to be the number two. We don't know that yet. Um, you know, things can go wrong uh, in, in this game for Kenny Pickett. He could go out there and have some rookie-type moments, and, um, you know, certainly uh, Mason Rudolph has done nothing to, say, lose the, the number two job. Uh, for example, I thought Mason Rudolph had a really good training camp uh, and really put together, put his best foot forward. Uh, maybe not enough to win the starting job, but you know, if Kenny Pickett uh, falters in this, uh, in the in these final two preseason games, you could see Mason Rudolph continue as the number two quarterback here. And, and that's the other reason why you know I know there's there's been some rumors out there the Steelers are going to trade Mason Rudolph. I don't look for that to happen anytime soon. Now I can't. I'm not going to say it, it won't happen. But if it were to happen that they would trade Mason Rudolph, it wouldn't happen likely until after the third preseason game. Because what happens if they go into one of these preseason games, they've traded Mason Rudolph. Let's say to, uh, Friday they trade Mason Rudolph. And then Pickett or Trubisky gets hurt. Now you've really shortened things up there. Now you got to go out and sign probably a veteran guy to be your backup. So you might as well hold on to Mason Rudolph. You know what he is. You know you can win with him. So you hold on to him until, you know, unless somebody bowls you over here. Um, you know, because Chris Oladikon, um, quite frankly, he's not ready. And he wouldn't have been ready even, you know, this is just a situation where in this training camp, uh, he didn't get a, a snap in the training camp until Wednesday's practice. He got a few more on Thursday but it's been all running scout team stuff. Like, I don't know that they're going to play Chris Oladikon at all in this preseason. In fact, I would suggest that they probably aren't going to play him based on the lack of snaps that he has gotten in this training camp. Now, the fact that they're getting him some scout team reps does raise the, okay, maybe that maybe they'll think about trading Mason Rudolph. If they think that Chris Oladikon can give them a good look week in and week out as the scout team quarterback, but they're not going to look to do it. I don't think they're going to shop him or anything like that. Somebody would have to call them and say, Hey, what would you, what would it take to get uh, Mason Rudolph off, you know, take him off your hands uh, again, not saying that couldn't happen. I think he's better than 15 to 20 backup quarterbacks across the league. I think certainly there's a lot of teams out there who could use a Mason Rudolph as their backup quarterback. But uh, you know, the, the idea that the Steelers would, would go out of their way to, to trade him or just to get just to get rid of him or just to get him out of here as some fans are suggesting. Yeah, just get him gone. Like that's not how things work. Again, as I said before, do you not remember the 2019 season when you had to play three quarterbacks? Do you want one of those guys to be Chris Oladicon making his first career start? That could happen. I mean, so you know, we've seen it happen. Um in terms of the other things uh, that you want to see at this game, um it looks like Jalen Warren, as I reported a couple of weeks ago, has definitely surpassed Benny Snell as the number two running back. He was running second team uh, throughout the practice on Thursday. 
Now he's still also walking around holding the football all the time when he uh, when he's walking around or not on, on the on the field uh, or doing drill work. So fumbling, you know, he, he got to make sure he can he can uh, control the football and not put it on the ground again. But it sure looks like he has passed Benny Snell as the Steelers' number two running back. And it looks like Anthony McFarland has carved out a role for himself as well. So that running back position that we didn't feel quite so good about going into training camp, I feel a lot better about that uh, coming out of this training camp. And that's why, you know, the Steelers weren't in any real hurry to go out and sign a veteran running back. You want to give the rookies a chance or the young guys a chance to see uh, the show that they've improved. And Anthony McFarland has certainly done that. I think he's been a much more decisive runner than he was early in his camp. He told me, uh, you know, on, on uh, Wednesday that, uh, or Thursday, I should say, one of these days this week, they all, again, they're all running together. When you spend 19 straight days, uh, you know, living in a, in a uh, hotel like that and, and watching practices every day, they do tend to run together. Uh, but he told me uh, this week that, uh, you know, he's come to the realization that a four-yard gain is a good gain in the NFL. There's nothing wrong with that. You can't look for the home run all the time. And so I think he's a much better, much more decisive back because of that. So that running back position, I think, is, is, is in pretty good shape here as the Steelers come out of training camp. Um, you know, so we'll get to see those guys again in this game Saturday against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll get to see Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, George Pickens out there. Now, I don't expect necessarily that, that Johnson is going to play a ton of snaps in this game. But as Mike Tomlin noted in his press conference on on uh, Thursday, you know, that offense is awfully young. There aren't a lot of veteran players on that offense. So these guys still need snaps. You know, Chase Claypool is only going into year three. Pat Fryer was going into year two. Najee Harris is going into year two. So those guys are going to get at least uh, a handful of snaps out there. So we'll get a good chance to see what Trubisky looks like in this offense. And I think that's a good thing. So we'll, uh, Looking forward to seeing that when we get down to Jacksonville. Of course, I'll have the reports uh, for you down there. Um, tomorrow, I'll do a, a more of a preview of the game itself and tell you who I'm really going to be keeping an eye on in game two here. But uh, I'm going to take a break. I'll be back with more. Let's talk about the Sean Watson when we come back right after this. So the league and the uh, lawyers for Deshaun Watson and the NFLPA got together and came up with a decision on what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. It's not going to be the six-game suspension and no fine that was originally uh, given to Deshaun Watson uh, via his uh, the the NFL's arbiter. Um, it's going to be eleven games and a five million dollar fine. That's a big deal, and it's a big deal for the Cleveland Browns because here's why. They, they, the league really stuck it to the Cleveland Browns. You're listening to the Dale Lally Show, by the way, here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. By banning, by giving him an 11-game suspension, it seems like an odd number, and it is, obviously, it's an odd number. 
but Watson will now be eligible to come back and play the final six games of the year. And so by playing in six games or being eligible to play in six games this year, the Browns can't toll his contract. They have to pay. He has to, to, to play this out. Uh, otherwise, if they just, if the NFL would have suspended him for the entire season, the Browns could have told that contract, which means they could have rolled this year's contract over to next year and started the, the clock ticking on his contract next year as opposed to this year. Cleveland's $32 million over the salary cap next year because Deshaun Watson costs $55 million against their salary cap. Now, they've got a bunch of money that they can roll over from this season. They have the most available cap space of any team, but they're $32 million over the cap right now. And even so, even if they roll all their money available cap space over, they're still only going to have about $10 million in cap space. Barely enough to sign their free agents, or I'm sorry, their rookie draft class. So the league didn't do the Browns any favors with this suspension because now they don't have Deshaun Watson for 11 games. They'll be fortunate if they've win four games out of those 11. So he comes back in your four and seven and you're not going to make the playoffs. And they had put gone all in on perhaps trying to make the, the playoffs and making a Super Bowl run, or at least what they thought was a Super Bowl run this year. So it's a big deal. And, you know, people are looking at this and say, well, that's not harsh enough. It's pretty harsh on the Browns. They get what they deserve, though, in that one, uh, because they signed him, gave him all that guaranteed money. Uh, basically, they're going to now, because they, you know, they tried to finagle that first year cap-wise. But when you look at Deshaun Watson's contract and in, in, in cap hits now, uh, over the next four seasons after this one, uh, his cap value jumps ridiculously. So this year, he would have counted just $9.395 million. Next year, again, as I mentioned, that jumps to the next four seasons, $54.99 million, almost $55 million a year. His base salary in each of those seasons is $46 million. Now, the Browns could convert some of that base salary into signing bonus again, but all that's doing is making those, those contracts in 2024, 2025, and 2026, the cap hits even more. You're going to push those, bump those cap hits up over 60 million if you start turning too much and converting too much of that base salary into a signing bonus. So the league really uh, hit the uh, the Browns pretty hard on this one. So I think it got what it wanted here. I wanted to send a message to Cleveland and, or maybe other teams out there that might want to do something like this signed a player who had something like this hanging over his head and then giving him guaranteed money that, Hey, we're going to get you on this one. And that's exactly what they did with the 11 game suspension. Now it was just kind of a coincidence or maybe it wasn't, maybe the, the, the NFL was thinking this when it did the schedule earlier this year, it just so happens that that 12th game for the Cleveland Browns is at Houston, Deshaun Watson's former team. That should go well. I can imagine that the fans in uh, in Houston are going to be very, very welcoming to Deshaun Watson, given everything that he did there, forcing his way off of that team. Should be very interesting. Can't wait for that one to happen as well. Um, and, of course, uh, in week one, the uh, Browns will head to, to Charlotte where they'll face their old quarterback, Baker Mayfield. That'll be a lot of fun, too. 
that's going to do it for the Dale Lally show here today on the DK Pittsburgh sports podcast network. Um, listen to all of our shows on here. We appreciate it. When you do that, give us a like, give us a share of the shows. We'd like it when you do that as well. Uh, but I'll be back again tomorrow to preview Saturday's game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Talk to you then. Yeah.